Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Magnet Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I'm your host, Wes Easley, and we appreciate you being stuck on us. It is, uh, as always, I am joined by J.B. Barry. How you doing, J.B.? Doing good, Wes. Another Thursday night. You'll be listening to us on Friday afternoon on your drive home. I loved it, Wes. Last week, I got a couple of my friends that are regular listeners to the show were texting me during the day going, hey, what time is the podcast dropping? So love you guys for your support and, and thank you for listening. So does does your niece and your mother like the show? <laughs> yeah right my my mom wouldn't know what what we were talking about on here we i was funny i was talking to a couple of the friends from uh my 1.02s group and uh i think it was coop and linda who both said that their moms listened to their stuff and and that's exactly what i said, I said my mom would have no idea what i was talking about <laughs> Hey, if you want to be friends with J.B. Barry, he's no stranger to the game or to his name. And you can find him on Twitter, at FantasyCoachJB on Twitter. Uh, don't forget to follow the show, at FI Today, with a little underscore. J.B., I just continue to try and support uh, the fantasy football community. Support uh, them by posting all different kinds of articles there on the Fantasy Impact Today Twitter handle. So then it's kind of like a, a USA Today. I used to love to go get to USA Today and just be able to open up the sports page, not only to look at football, but basketball, baseball, just the whole nine yards. I, I like to do that. And more importantly, I, I really like colored pictures. I don't know if you know that about me or not. I like the colored pictures, like the little, the, 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 what do they call memes or something like that. I thought you were saying you like to color pictures, like, like oh. my three-year-old niece likes to come and color pictures. <laughs> I, I have never been a big colorer. I, that is one of the, the parts of my brain that don't connect really well are the artsy kind of thing. I, I don't do that well. I used to have to trace stick figures in school to cheat. Okay. That's how bad I was <laughs> at drawing things. It was just terrible. Uh, but anyway, you are listening to the Fantasy Magnets. We are glad you are stuck on us. We're going to walk you through all the different games that we have coming up uh, over this weekend. And week number, are we, oh, what week? Are we already in week eight, JB? That's halfway through. It. I can't believe it. We're at crucial point in our fantasy football seasons because mm-hmm. we're at a point now where the playoff landscape is starting to show itself and teams that are falling behind guys got to keep fighting you got to keep plugging and that's why listening to a show like this hopefully is helping you guys because even your teams that are three and four or two and five or even one and six have a shot because from what i've seen in the leagues that i'm in is there's a lot of parity in those middle you know the two three four five six range in the standings so Keep listening, keep working, keep grinding. Even if your record isn't as good as you want it to be right now, let's get you there. And and FitFam, this is where we ask you for your help. And you've been doing a great job of sharing the show, uh, either through Twitter or you know via text message to somebody. If somebody's struggling in a league, just hey, shoot them shoot them this uh, uh, show, this podcast over to them. Say listen to this; they may be able to help you out a little bit and and help them because that's one thing that we don't want to do is we don't want to lose people who might be new to fantasy football because they don't know what they're doing. You know, now's the time to get them encouraged. You slap them on the back. You say, Hey, keep your head up, man. It's you're one in six, but everybody's going to get, it, it all comes back around. As long as you keep grinding, it comes back around. And you know, we, you and I know it doesn't always come back around. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to hope that it does, but it doesn't yeah. always. Well, and, and part of the beauty of fantasy football is being able to upset 
some of the teams that are going for the playoff race down the road. Even if your team isn't in it anymore, you might be able to, to, to come out of the woods and just be able to upset that team that's looking to make the playoffs and ruin their hope. You know, it's just it's the same thing as some underdog in college football uh, defeating an a, a undefeated team and knocking them out of the college football championship race or something like that. It's the same thing. Oh, absolutely. And it, if you're in work leagues or home leagues, it's always fun to beat one of the top people because you know they're talking smack, whether it's a home league with friends and family and you got a group chat going and, and the guy who's on top is always bragging about how great his team is or if it's a work league and you guys are in the office and, and the guy on top's bragging about how he's up there. It would be great to just, even if you're that, that one in six team or that, you know the team the team that's struggling right now, how great would it be to knock off? I have one league that I'm really struggling with. I had a lot of injuries, and I'm playing the 7-0 team this week, and I can't wait for this matchup because I just want to be the guy who hands him his first loss. I still have an outside shot at the playoffs, so obviously I'm gunning for that. But I want to win this week, A, to keep myself alive, and B, to knock off that undefeated team. And if you are, you know, if you do feel like you're out of it, here's my suggestion chill out on the waiver wire for one week. It depends on how your waiver wire is set up in your league, but a lot of times if you don't make any waiver moves, you end up bouncing to the first spot. And you never know what kind of injury might take place or or, or who might become available or what, who might get traded to what team, and all of a sudden they become a starter. Or you get that stud running back that everybody wants and everybody desires, and now he's on your team, and, and that sets you apart from everybody else and really puts you on a winning streak. So there's some strategy to it. There's some ways to be able to get back in it. But more importantly than all that, it's just really fun camaraderie within a league. I, I believe that that's, that's always the best part about this. Absolutely. And Wes, you mentioned asking our listeners to share. And when we post this on Twitter and, and I post it on a couple of my other social media platforms, when you share it and you tag your friends in it, it really helps open it up for us so that more people can hear what we're talking about. And Wes, I'm going to make it even sweeter for them because we kind of hinted at this last week and we talked about it a little bit, but we were talking about doing sort of giveaways for our listeners so that a we could see who our our listeners are i know some people that listen to us regularly but we want to see who's who's actually out there listening to us and benefiting from what we're talking about so wes i'm going to turn my camera on real quick and surprise you with a little something that i didn't even tell you about see what's oh, on my head i do i do that is that is that looks so fresh you look like a saucy fellow right now my friend <laughs> it looks that awesome is, right yeah that is sweet <laughs> i like that so I got a Fantasy Magnets podcast hat on right now that I had one of my guys out here in Long Island that has a company that does embroidery and stuff like that. So I had him work it up with his guy and I bought a couple of hats for us and I'm wearing mine right now. It's super comfortable. It's going to be my regular go-to hat. And what we're going to do is a little giveaway for our listeners. So what I'll do for this week is I'll tell you guys that anybody who shares our post and tags five friends in it will enter into a lottery to win a hat. So right. anybody who shares it, tags five friends, I'm going to keep a list of everybody who has shared it, and we'll do a random drawing out of that to see who will win a hat. I'll message you. I'll get your information on where to ship it to if you're our winner. And you'll be rocking one of these fresh Fantasy Magnus podcast hats. I'll tweet it out also. I just wanted to show it to Wes before I put it out there. 
Oh, thank you. That is awesome, JV. I love you grinding like that. That's fantastic. And I've been working on a contest as well because it is uh, a fan appreciation time. You know, it's the end of the year. I'm a sentimental fella. Okay, I'm a sentimental guy. And this is getting into where we celebrate different seasons of life with our families and stuff like that. And I consider the fit fan part of the extended family of mine as well. And so I want to give back something to those listeners who continue to help this show grow and who continue to help share this this program over on Anchor FM. And then they send out the tweet, maybe, or they just they copy and paste it and they send it out to somebody with a text message. I, I love them doing that because the show has gotten better and better each and every week. All the podcasts have. And, and I've been a amazed by the results that the fit fam has helped make these uh, podcasts grow here on the fantasy impact today network. So thank you very much. I'm working on something else. It involves tasty cakes. Yes. It involves, it, it involves mugs. So when you're sitting down on Sunday morning, making your DFS lineups or late Saturday night, and you're enjoying that cup of coffee or that tea, or it's, it's little football mugs. It's like little coffee mugs and stuff along with your tasty cakes. So right. that's, that's what I'm working on. Nice. I'll make sure that my wife enters so that I can get that uh, tasty cake. <laughs> <laughs> it would be something you'd like. I, I think Costco sells a whole bunch of them there, JV, that you like are going to. <laughs> hey, we got to get into the football, though. If we don't get into All the right. football, All right. there's already a football game maybe kicking off uh, it's sometime soon. The Atlanta Falcons and Carolina Panthers. We're not going to spend a lot of time on that game at all because it'll be irrelevant by the time the listeners get to it. But uh, and plus, we may sound bad if if something actually happened <laughs> and we didn't predict it right right but I, I think Carolina looks really good in this game Atlanta Falcons I don't know what's going on with them right now of course we, we'd always say you know if Julio's on your team you got to fire him up you got to fire up Calvin Ridley I don't know what Atlanta Falcon I don't necessarily want to play in this game yeah and that's the thing on both sides of the ball today we have juicy fantasy matchups both of these defenses have struggled, so obviously we're going to stick with Julio and Ridley and, and even Gurley, who's been scoring touchdowns. Matty Ice definitely has been throwing the ball well lately. Hayden Hurst has been establishing himself and stepping up. He's drawing more targets now. Uh, Russell Gage has been producing, even though he's a little banged up. And then on the other side, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore stepped up. Wes, did you know DJ Moore has had 93 receiving yards exactly for his past three games? You think he could do it again tonight? <laughs> Wait, huh? Is, is that like his? Did he go out to play the lottery too with that with that number? <laughs> I don't yeah, know if he could I do that. Yeah, I thought that was a crazy stat when I saw that. I, he, he, it sounds to me like that's a number that he can go over tonight, to be honest with you, against that Atlanta Falcons defense. And I know they've stepped up a little bit better over the last couple of weeks. But it just, it, you know, some of the air got let out of the tires last week. You know, that was a first loss, new coach, all that stuff. And it was the same old story, though. They lost it again in the last moments. Yeah. Oh, Atlanta, man. And, and who would have thought that, you know, they were an inch away from winning that game because Gurley tried to go down at the goal line and ended up crossing the plane with the ball. So it was a touchdown, which gave Stafford enough time to get down the field for a game winning touchdown in the last play of the game. So, I mean, and that's why I say, you know, I, I'm taking Atlanta and our fit picks, A, because I'm behind. And I need to try to get some games where I can catch up to you guys. But B, because they've actually played well under Raheem Morris. And they were, you know, they were an inch or half an inch, not even, away from winning both games under the new coaching staff. Their defense is getting better. They have playmakers. I mean, I think Deion Jones is a fantastic linebacker. So they have playmakers on this team. And, and although Carolina does too, I'm taking Matt Ryan over Teddy Bridgewater in what should be a shootout and a nice start to our fantasy week. 
Okay, well, I'll let you know in an hour who I'm taking. I'll let you know by the end of the show who I'm taking. No, All right, sounds I, I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers in this one. I like them at home, and, and once again, I just think Atlanta's airs out of the tires. Speaking of teams who might have, I don't know, this this kind of seems like a letdown game for me with the Tennessee Titans traveling to Cincinnati. Looks like the weather's going to be good. Weather's going to play a key part in a lot of these games, JB, and who we're going to play and who we might be sticking to, who we might be repelled against. But for the Tennessee Titans, you know, they lost a heartbreaker uh, against the Steelers last week. And it, it's one of those things where Tennessee is in every single game. You know, and, and, and it comes down to the last minute every single week unless they blow somebody out of the water. I don't know that they got it in them to keep Cincinnati off the field enough to not throw the ball a million times like Cincinnati's going to have to do to stay in this game. I, I, I think that this is going to end up being a close one again, JB. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, very well could be. And, and on the Cincinnati side, Joe Burrow's been playing well. He's going to throw the ball a lot. Like you said, he's been throwing a lot. He has three key receivers. So I think Tennessee will have to uh, be playing in a tighter game than they'd like to. Um, Cincinnati's run defense isn't great. So I think it's a smash week for Derrick Henry again. And, and like you said, they play a lot of tight games. The beginning of last week wasn't a tight game. Going into halftime, they were getting blown out, and they ended up coming back and making it a game. So I think that although the letdown can happen, I think they want to rebound from a tough loss last week, and I think they're going to feed the ball to Derrick Henry to do that. Now, on the Tennessee side of the ball, obviously, A.J. Brown has been stepping up. He's been looking a lot better. Corey Davis was back last week, so he's playing a, a capable number two role. But Jonu Smith is a guy who's been a fantasy darling to some people for the first half of the year. I've heard people calling him this year's Mark Andrews, which I think he's the furthest thing from that. Coop's been saying from the get-go that he's a blocking tight end. And I think we're going to see that even more so now that they lost their big offensive lineman, Taylor Luan. They're going to need the tight ends to stay in and block more. So I think people are going to be disappointed in what they're going to get out of Jonu Smith for the rest of the year. And anybody who has him on your team, if you can get good value back, I'm not saying sell him for you know pennies on the dollar, but if you can get good value back for him right now before his value goes down, he's a guy I'd be looking to trade everywhere. Well, that's, I think that's very good advice. Uh, and John, who may be that guy who still catches a touchdown, but he'll be one of those touchdown-dependent tight ends, which you can find uh, every week on the waiver wire. You know, you can stream tight ends uh, every week on the, it's the waiver wire. And Corey Davis has built up a very good rapport with Ryan Tannehill. Even before A.J. Brown came back, he was hit with the COVID a little bit. I believe Corey Davis was, so there was. it's been a strange year for that. But last week, we saw him get targeted several times. And I think that that connection is still going to continue to grow between Ryan Tannehill, A.J. Brown, and Corey Davis. And I can't remember on which podcast. I think it was the DFS Dreamers, or, or it may have been uh, Rob Norton. Rob Norton on the Baby Bowl podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. He said whenever he thinks it's a Derrick Henry week, it ends up being a Ryan Tannehill week. So it's one of those <laughs> things. But, you know, this offense is so stout right now, it, it can support all every value that you have. I, I'm sticking with all these guys. Yeah, and, and Corey Davis, like you said, has been getting a ton of targets. He got 10 targets last week in that game. But again, it was a game that they were playing from behind. So obviously in this one, you know, with the records the way they are, Tennessee is the favorite in this game. So the game script favors the running game. But you're right. Joe Burrow on the other side might be putting up points and it might be a closer game and they might have to throw the ball. 
I picked up Tua Tagovailoa last week on Sunday night. You ever notice how I always say Tua Tagovailoa? I'm so proud that I could say yeah. his name so well. But uh, I picked him up last Sunday night-ish or something like that. I was purging my fantasy football team. I was so disgruntled at Kenyon Drake's performance. Before he got hurt, I... I <laughs> I dropped them. <laughs> I dropped them at halftime. I was I was so discouraged, um, and I ended up picking up Tua, and I'm really debating on whether or not to start Tua or Joe Burrow or Derek Carr. There's a couple of people that I want to play, and I know Tua is going up against the Rams, and we'll get to that game a little bit later. But Joe Burrow is definitely on my radar of players that I could pick up because the Titans' defense just isn't that great, and and I love that his wide receivers. I love that first of all. Joe Mixon looks like he's going to be out again. I, I could be wrong on that. We're doing this on Thursday night. Make sure you check those injury reports before you, you take us to the bank on that one. If so, though, he's going to be passing the ball to Gio Bernard a lot, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. You can fire up all those guys. I am sticking to every single one of them. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sticking to all those weapons in that offense. And again, a game that they might be playing from behind. And Tennessee's secondary is not very good. They have a pretty pretty average or below average even secondary. And I think Joe Burrow is a guy who, let's say you have Kyla Murray on your team who's on a bye week or Deshaun Watson who's on a bye week and you're looking for a guy to stream for this week. Joe Burrow is one of those guys that I'd be looking to target this week. He's got a plethora of wide receivers, like you mentioned, and, and any of those wide receivers are absolutely startable. T. Higgins has a great rapport with him. A.J. Green kind of uh, brought himself back from the dead, I guess, because a couple weeks ago we were saying, wow, this guy's given up and he's quitting and they should try to get rid of him. But he's been drawing targets the last couple weeks and playing a big role. And obviously Tyler Boyd out of the slot is a great play with Joe Burrow. They have a great connection. And Joe Burrow likes his slot receivers. Even going back to college, if you think about it, that's that's where he went all the time to Justin Jefferson. So Tyler Boyd is a guy who's benefiting from that playing the slot role in a Joe Burrow offense. I'm sticking with all those guys as well. You mentioned A.J. Green playing really well lately and kind of being rejuvenated. Let's not forget that uh, that, that, that trade deadline is right around the corner. So maybe it's one of those things where he came alive right at the right time in order yep. to try to get out of Cincinnati, possibly. I will suggest this, and I think we said it last week, J.B., Auden Tate or John, uh, you know, even John Ross III, you got to go out and pick up these guys because they are just go one of those guys are going to hit for the Cincinnati Bengals at the second half of this year. One of those guys. I, I don't know which one. I always flip-flop on which one. It, it, you know who else might hit? I know he's put on some weight, and it's been a while. But look at the left guard. You got the left guard in front of you? <laughs> Let's see. Left guard. Michael Jordan. <laughs> from North Carolina. <laughs> Weighing in at 275 pounds. <laughs> Michael Jordan. Uh, I don't think this one is be able to move like Mike, though. <laughs> oh, that would be wonderful. All right, so we're firing up all those guys. There's not very many people that we would not that we are repelled against in that Tennessee Titans Cincinnati Bengals game. New York Jets at the Kansas City Chiefs. This one's got that huge point spread. Um, I think that we can say safely that Kansas City is going to end up winning this game just because New York is 0 7 at this point and Kansas City 6 and 1. I, it seems though to me, JB, and I could be completely wrong. That teams think the same thing that I do, sitting on my sofa. That oh, this is going to be an easy game. And they, they kind of don't show up for the game against the Jets. I will say this. I don't think that's true this week because Le'Veon Bell is playing now for the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is a revenge game. This is one of those games that he had circled and he was looking at, okay, who am I going to go play with? 
who plays the Jets next or in two weeks whenever I can be cleared to play from this COVID situation. And I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be fired up to get Le'Veon Bell in the end zone multiple times. I think CEH has been told you go down at the one yard line every single time so we can get (laughs) Le'Veon in there. You know, I I think it's going to be a complete Le'Veon Bell week. I'm going to start him everywhere I have an opportunity to. Yeah, and I wrote about that in my Razbol article this week that dropped today, my Sexy Flexies article. Le'Veon Bell was one of my Sexy Flexies this week, and I, I think it's the same thing. I mean, this is the definition of a revenge game. You know, people love to use the revenge game narrative, and, like, you, you look at something like, all right, Adrian Peterson playing against the Redskins. Ooh, revenge game. Like, no, it's not a revenge game. He had a great career there. The fans love him. Le'Veon Bell hates the Jets organization, hates Adam Gaze with a passion. I mean, they publicly have displayed how much they don't like each other. So I think you're absolutely right. This is the definition of a revenge game. And Andy Reid is a player's coach. He's a guy who all the players respect. And I know Andy Reid is going to scheme something up to get Le'Veon Bell in the end zone this week at least once to stick it to his old team. I think it's going to be more than once. And listen, let me tell you something else. If you're streaming defenses or DFS, Kansas City Chiefs are one of those defenses you got to get this week. And I know they're going up against the Jets, so that seems like an obvious play. But I just that that's going to, the Le'Veon Bell situation is going to help feed this entire team. I don't know that I want anything to do with any of the Jets, JB. You tell me who you might be sticking with. I'm kind of repelled against the whole situation right now. Yeah, and and just real quick, just to to reel back to the Kansas City situation, I think if you're a Clyde Edwards-Alaire owner, you can still start him as well this week. I think there's enough production for them both to be viable this week. Clyde is still the the starter for this team. They they played, Clyde played 27 snaps to Lev's uh, 17 last week. So there was a little bit of a split. Clyde is the lead back still, and there's enough in this game where they should be up by a lot. Their touches were limited last week because there was a defensive score and a special team score. So they didn't play as many plays as they normally would. So I think that there's enough room here for both of them to be viable. And I also think that Tyreek can get in the end zone this week, too. We're still waiting for that big Tyreek week. And against this Jets secondary might be a good time for him to break out for a big one. It Um, might be. But once again, I think that he'll run out of bounds at the one-yard line so that they can get laid out. <laughs> I mean, I just, that's just what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that that's going to be true. Yep, yep. To answer your question, though, on the Jets side of the ball, the only guys I'm sticking with, and I'm sticking with them from a strict volume purpose, is I like the rookie Denzel Mims. He's back now, and he's showing that he's he's drawing targets, and he's a good receiver. I don't trust Denzel Perriman. I've, I, I, Brashad Perriman. I, I've been repelled against Perriman, and, and I'm going to continue to stay repelled against him. I like like Mims, and what I did like to see is LaMichael P. Ryan in the backfield. He outtouched Frank Gore. Gore's still going to be involved. He's still going to have a role, but P. Ryan was involved a way more than Gore was last week, and he's the pass catching back and from a team that's going to be playing from behind pretty much all game, every game that they play. P. Ryan's a guy that hopefully you grabbed and, and you have on your team. I know I picked him up the last couple weeks and put him on my bench in a couple of leagues, so he's a guy that you can fire up if you're in a bye week or an injury situation because of the volume that he should be getting and his role in the passing game. Yeah, I agree with you. And Frank Gore is a trade candidate as well. I'm sure there are several several teams who wouldn't mind winning one for Frank kind of a thing. They can help put a team over the edge. Maybe even a Seattle Seahawks could be looking at somebody like that here in the near future. Um, or maybe even my Chicago Bears. But I don't, I don't know why Frank Gore would go to my 
beloved bears. Well, I see how I switched the narrative there and I called them my <laughs> beloved bears. But uh, so I think that P. Ryan is definitely somebody to pick up. If somebody, if somehow he's still on the waiver wires, go out there and make room for him. Uh, I know that it's, I wouldn't necessarily want to play him this week against the Chiefs. I just think that this is going to be a bad game for the Kansas, uh, for the New York Jets. But definitely the rest of the season, he's going to have a plenty of volume to justify picking him up off the waiver wire. JB, next game, we have the Los Angeles Rams traveling across the country to play the Miami Dolphins. It is an early game. It is my Tua Tagovailoa game. It is my special game. It looks like there's about a 50% chance of rain, uh, which isn't going to help the situation much. I don't know, though, if I can trust Tua against that Los Angeles Rams defense. That is such a stout defense. They can play games with a rookie. And... The Rams have really been slowing the pace down to every single game. That clock just moves, it moves, and it moves with that short, condensed passing offense that they have. Can can I can I stick with Tua, or do I need to be getting somebody else off the waiver wires this week before that game? Well, I was going to say when you were talking about debating between him and Burrow and Carr this week, I, I want to see it first. I like Tua in college. Everyone liked Tua in college. But we haven't seen him in, in live game action since he went down with that really bad injury. So I want to see him in live action first. Obviously, the Dolphins saw enough to turn the reins over to him. But they saw it in practice. And they saw it you know, against their their own players. So I want to see it in real life first. I want to see it in a game. And this will be a good test to see how he does against this Rams defense when you got Aaron Donald and, and you got Leonard Floyd coming at you. You got Jalen Ramsey you're throwing up again. So I want to see how he does before I put him in my lineup. So if I have any other options, look, if you're in a super flex league and he's your QB two, you got a guy on a buy. I'm not saying go out there and, and, and grab uh, Ben DiNucci and start him over to it. So, <laughs> That, that's not what I'm saying. But if you have viable options like Burrow, like Carr, like even Jimmy G this week, I would start them over two of this week. And just I'd like to wait and see how he does this week. I have high hopes. I want the guy to succeed, but I'm going to wait and see on that. Yeah, yeah well, and, and part of my thing, you know, I'm, I'm here in Alabama. So I grabbed Tua and I'm like, I'm going to trade him to somebody, you know. It, it, no, nobody wants to trade the top team with the highest points for scored. For some reason, I don't know why they don't want to trade with me, but <laughs> I couldn't pull off a Tua deal this week. I was trying to give them away. And, well, you know, give them away and get a little something, something on the backside of that, too. But I don't know that I will stick to him. I think it is one of those wait and see things. But he is a rookie. He does play at a fast pace. I'm really curious to see how the team reacts to Ryan Fitzpatrick getting benched as well. All right. I think that there's there's some other dynamics. All of us questioned it. All of us said, huh? And I wonder how many other people in that in that locker room said, huh? What, what, we're contender. We we can win this thing with Ryan. With Fitz is our uh, what you're putting Tua. Well, Tua is pretty good, but, you know, it's not Fitz. So I'm, I'm really wondering how that leadership is going to end up not being there anymore. And, and what the what the team's going to be like after that. Uh, Miles Gaskin. Can we can we stick with him? Even though, like I told you last week, David Montgomery looked terrible against that Los Angeles Rams defense. But can we stick with Miles Gaskins? 
Yeah, and this is going to be similar to my take on Pirine. Because of the volume and because he doesn't really have competition for touches, It's again, you got you know Brita or somebody who's spelling him a little bit, but it's Gaskin's backfield. So he's going to get volume. He catches passes out of the backfield for a team that's likely going to be losing the game. That checks those boxes for a PPR running back. I want a PPR running back on a team that's going to be losing the game. Because he's not just going to run up the middle for three yards. He's going to catch a pass for two yards. And that's more fantasy points for us. You know, so I'm going to stick with Gaskin. But as far as the wide receivers and even Gesicki, I'm going to repel this week because I want to see how this offense plays out before I put him in my lineup. I'm going to give you a name. And I think I said this the other night on one of the podcasts. And, and, And then I got validated a little bit. I wonder always whenever there's a backup quarterback that comes in who he is connected to from the practice squad or, you know, the second string, who he's connected to, who he likes throwing the ball to. And as I was looking at this, and I've always said, too, he likes to throw to the, you know, the, the intermediate routes a little bit faster, a little bit better than, than those long bombs, even though he likes the long bombs, too. Ad, I said Adam Shaheen is always a rookie quarterback, a, a tight end is always a rookie quarterback's friend. And Adam Shaheen might have been that connection with him in those practice games or in that uh, second string squad. And then Adam Shaheen got a contract extension this week, re-signed a contract. So I, do, I don't know. There might be smoke there. I could be on to something. Just kind of watch the Adam Shaheen connection with Tua Tagovailoa um, in the next coming weeks because he, whoever, whoever Tua connects with might be a league winner for you down the road come playoff time. Well, let's hope for all of our listeners' sake that listen to us and listen to Coop that it's Kasiki and not Shaheen because yeah. not many people are rostering Shaheen right now. We're all kind of still have our eggs in that Kasiki basket trying to hold on to it. So let's hope it's Kasiki. But you're right. Shaheen had three targets last, last game that they played against the Jets, scored a touchdown. So it very well could be because when they play the two tight end sets, it is Shaheen in there now. When they play the two tight end sets, it's usually him that's the blocking tight end and Gasicki running the routes. But that blocking tight end can block and then release and get open in the red zone for a touchdown. So it's something to keep an eye on. It's uh, Yeah, and I'm just putting that out there. I'm not saying to rush out and get him, but if we see him catch a touchdown and get six targets, I'm just going to tell you that maybe two has got a connection with him. <laughs> yeah. all right, that's all. It, may, it may disappear in two weeks. All right, over on the Los Angeles Rams side, I still don't know what to do with that backfield. Uh, it's a dart throw. It's a dart throw in that backfield. I'm repelled against that entire backfield unless unless I've just missed something, JB. Am I missing something? Well, what I saw last week watching the game was that Henderson is the lead back. Henderson's a guy, and he runs well. I mean, I like his style of running. He kind of reminds me of like a Chris Carson light. You know, like he's a guy who runs hard. Um, He spins off tackles every once in a while for a couple of extra yards. So I like the way he runs, and I think he's trying to take control of this backfield. It just stinks that Malcolm Brown, I mean, it's... I think we talked about it. He must have something on the front office or on the coaching staff that keeps getting him in there, some sort of blackmail on him. But he did poach a touchdown last week, and you hate to see it because it makes his backfield muddy for you. But I am sticking with Henderson, um, especially in a week that there's bye weeks and you're still dealing with injuries, waiting for Christian to get back or something like that. He's a guy that I am going to trust in a game that they should be ahead, so they'll be running the rock. Both of them will get in there. Malcolm Brown will spell him and and get in and share the carries with him but Henderson did out snap and out touch Brown last week so it is Henderson that's the lead dog I I am repelled now from from Cam Akers though I'm giving up on Cam Akers until next year 
Yeah, or the next injury happens in the Los Angeles Rams backfield. Okay, that's yep. Because that's always right around the corner. We're sticking with Cooper Cup. We're firing those guys up. We're sticking with Robert Woods. What about the tight ends? Are we sticking with Higby? Or <laughs> do we have to be repelled against Higby or repelled against both situations? Because we don't know if it's going to be Everett this week. What are we doing back there in that tight end position? Well, you know, Wes, I've been very, very adamant about being repelled by Higby. So I am an Everett truther. And Higby being ruled out right before the game last week kind of pointed things towards Everett even more. I tweeted last week before the game, before the news even broke that Everett was going to score a touchdown that game. And then the news broke and it made it even easier. And of course he did score a touchdown, but there's so many options in this passing game. Josh Reynolds is even establishing himself, kind of taking that Brandon Cooks role from last year so that all three of them are out there catching passes. What I also noticed is that they're kind of alternating. Cooper Cup's been a slot guy. But they're kind of alternating Robert Woods into that slot now, and they're kind of moving it around and getting tricky with it. And like you said, they're a clock-ticking team. So they run they run the ball. They run short passing routes. I think they're trying to just run clock and grind games out, rely on their defense, and have enough on their offense and not ask Jared Goff to do too much. So it is a tricky offense to pinpoint from a fantasy perspective because you want to roll with Goff and Cup and Woods. I know people went out and picked up Reynolds off the waivers this week. So I think that there's enough there that you got to stick with these guys. But I can't expect the world from any of them. I mean, Woods and Cup were guys that you were drafting as high-end wide receiver twos. And I don't know with with the limited passing and, and the shares of the snaps and the positions that they're in, if there's enough volume to actually rely on them week in and week out. So it's a tricky offense. It definitely is, and they like to play from ahead. In this game, they're going to be playing from ahead as well, I believe, the entire time. So it just looks like one of those short, contained offenses once again. I, 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 you got to put them in there because it is bye weeks. I don't usually draft Cup or Woods because I don't know what to expect out of either one of them, and I definitely stay away from their tight ends each and every year. But to me this week, you got to stick with them if you got them just because of the bye weeks. I'm not repelled necessarily against them. I just wish I had other options if I could. <laughs> If I could exactly. do it, I'm not DFSing these guys either, by the way. I'm just not going to end up DFSing these guys, except for Tua. I am going to build some lineups <laughs> around my guy Tua. All right? I'm excited for my Tua time. All right? I'm excited for Tua time. Indianapolis Colts at the Detroit Lions. This one's in a dome, so it doesn't have any weather affecting it whatsoever. The Detroit Lions off that huge win last week. They needed that win bad. They're now a 500 team sitting at 3-3. Three and three. The Indianapolis Colts, of course, coming off of the bye week. They're sitting at 4-2. and two. They had a really nice game, an offensive explosion, finally, with uh, Phillip Rivers as quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts before they went on that bye week. They might have straightened some things out, JB, but can we end up even coming close? to sticking with T.Y. Hilton this week? I don't know. T.Y. Hilton is is not somebody that I'm attracted to this year, and and he hasn't given us any reason to be, right? I mean, this week he has a good matchup against the rookie, Okuda, who I think is going to be a good corner. He was the third selection in the draft, but he's still figuring it out. So if there's ever a week that T.Y. should step up, it should be this one. Um, I saw a lot of Zach Pascal from the slot right before the bye in the last week. So I think he's establishing a connection with Rivers. And we know Rivers likes to use those short routes over the middle. So it's Pascal out of the slot and it's the tight ends, which were which was a revolving door. 
but we've seen Trey Burton kind of establish himself as that pass catching tight end, which is what they signed him to be when they signed him in the off season. So I really like Trey Burton as a, as a DFS low salary tight end. And I'm starting him in a league or two this week when, when I have some tight end issues or, you know, even those leagues where you have two mediocre tight ends, I'm going to roll with Trey Burton this week because I like the role that he plays in a Phillip Rivers offense. I do too, especially if Mo Alley Cox ends up not playing again this week, which I don't know after a, after a bye week and he was off the week before that. If he's not back healthy by this point, I, I don't I don't know that you could trust him the rest of the time. And that connection did start with Trey Burton. I will say this about T. Y. Hilton. Uh, well, let me, let me say this about Marcus Johnson first because I think it was our our buddy Pee Wee uh, at, at Pee Wee Thirty One on Twitter, our, our, our friend Pierre over on the DFS Dreamer podcast that we have here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network, he said Marcus Johnson was the guy, and we just needed to go make sure we go out there and get him. Uh, he was the connection with Philip Rivers, it really seemed like. But I'm going to say this: T. Y. Hilton, it might be, might be on your waiver wire. And every year, it seems like guys like T. Y. Hilton ends up getting getting his points. You know, he's like, he's like a Randall Cobb. He's like a Larry Fitzgerald. I don't think that his time has passed like Larry Fitzgerald's has or Randall Cobb's has. Maybe this bye week was an opportunity for Phillip Rivers and T.Y. Hilton to get that connection fixed. I'm just saying, if you got an open roster spot or if you're like, "Ah, I'm not really excited about that guy, I would take a chance on T.Y. Hilton and just see if they fix that thing. I really expect big things out of Jonathan Taylor this week. I'm trying to get him wherever I can. I'm sticking with this guy for sure, and I wish I could get one guy in one of my leagues to trade him to me, but he just won't budge. Yeah, we kind of buried the lead on this one because that's the guy. That's yeah. the guy in this offense that we want everywhere. He's got some great matchups for the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. I tried to target him everywhere I could, and I was able to get him in a couple of leagues. I think them having a bye last week helped me also because I did that in a couple of places. I traded for him on his bye. I traded for Lamar on his bye. So I did that in a couple of places just to try to scoop up guys who have a strong second half schedule and have now already had their bye. So I'm set up pretty good, and Jonathan Taylor is a guy who I absolutely love, not only for the rest of the season, but for this matchup. I'm going to have him in probably every single one of my DFS lineups. I think he scores multiple touchdowns this week. I think Indy wants to focus their offense around him, and they don't want to put it in Rivers' hands to throw the ball a lot. So they want to, they want to establish the run. They have a great offensive line, as we know. So it's going to be Taylor that's the focal point of this offense. So I, I look for a nice second half out of him. They kind of built him up to take this on, and now he's ready to roll, let's hope. Yeah, over on the Detroit side of the ball, Matthew Stafford hasn't been putting up great fantasy numbers. I, I, I'm thinking that if you have Matthew Stafford, he's probably on your bench by now if you haven't put him to the waiver wire because there are a lot of options out there that – I don't want to say are younger, but maybe just in a different kind of offense where they throw the ball a lot more than what it seems like Detroit is doing or just moving the ball a lot more. Here's what I I scratch my head when I watch a game like last week when they were going against Atlanta. That last drive, they went like 80 yards in, what, 55 seconds or something like that, right? Right, why don't you do that all game? (laughs) And scored a touchdown. Hey, forget about huddling the ball up. Go into a two-minute offense. Go into panic mode a little more often. Do something different than just sit there and be stagnant the entire game. I don't understand why coaches and teams end up being stagnant the entire game and then can drive in 80 yards. Look, 
put put the uh, hit the emergency button a lot sooner than that, okay? Especially when you have the talented Matthew Stafford back there, the Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones ended up coming alive. You got DeAndre Swift or Carry On Johnson being able to catch the ball out of the backfield. Hit the emergency button and let's go. That's, and Hawkinson. And Hawkinson, you got a great tight end, too. I, I don't get it. I'm with you, Wes. Like, they should be throwing the ball more, and I don't know why they're not. And I don't think Matt Patricia is a very good head coach. He was a great coordinator, <laughs> but I just I don't think he's a good head coach. And I think that he's trying way too hard to be Bill Belichick, and he's not Bill Belichick, but he's trying really hard to. I mean, think about it. Look at what he's doing to that backfield. Right. You got Swift, you got, you got Adrian, and you got Carrion. It's It's... A, a copy of what New England has done. Swift is playing the James White role, right? Then you got yep. AP playing the Sony Michelle role, and then you got Carrion coming in as that kind of Rex Burkhead role, who's you don't know what he's gonna do. So it's like, why are you doing this? Like Patricia's trying way too hard to be Belichick, and he's not Belichick, and he's never gonna be Belichick. So just put the ball in the hands of your playmakers and let him go out there and ball. I think one of the reasons that they're doing it is to try to keep the defense off the field as much as possible. All right, they don't want and the defense like you said is a pretty good defensive backfield. They they've stepped up in a couple of games this season and and, and caused some turnovers, caused some chaos back there, but I think he's trying to limit their opportunities to lose the game for them. But I don't know, man, at some point you got to really fire up those engines and let's see what these horses can do. I I feel so bad for Kenny Galladay. He's one of those guys I, I don't know if you saw that Ian Hurts Thing, wherever Kenny Galladay is just making all those fantastic catches last week in, the, in those contested pass opportunities that he had. Um, and and I, you know, I always end up with him on my fantasy teams. And he never really lets me down, but he always makes me nervous, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I'm interested to see how it goes this week, too, because he's got the Xavier Rhodes matchup. Mm-hmm. And, and Rhodes isn't used to shadow this year like he used to be when he was in Minnesota. And he's really had a great resurgence this year. I mean, he was left for dead last year in Minnesota, and he really looked terrible. But maybe he just needed a change of scenery. He's been playing really well this year. That Colts defense is, is a defense that I really like, and, and I think mm-hmm. that it's going to be a tough matchup for Stafford and Galladay and Swift and, and even Hawkinson. I mean, I'm going to stick with those four guys if I have to. I'm going to try to pivot off Stafford if I have the option to. If you're in a super flex league and he's your second quarterback, and again, you're not going to start Ben DiNucci over him, but if you have better options, I would be okay with with benching Stafford this week. One of my friends actually just told me about an hour ago that they were benching Stafford this week and and starting Burrow over him, which I would absolutely sign off on. Galladay, if he's in your lineup, like you said, I mean, he's a guy who you drafted in the second or third round. He's a number one receiver. He's going to have targets. He's got a tough matchup against a good defense, but he's going to get the targets. He's going to get the volume. He can make the contested catches. So I'm going to stick with Galladay. I'm going to stick with Hawkinson. And I'm even going to stick with Swift because I think that this is going to be a game where he's more involved out of the backfield, both running and catching passes. So I'll stick with those three this week. All right, and I, I, I'm, I am debating about starting Kenny Galladay because that Indianapolis Colt defense does it does make me nervous. Okay, it does it does make me nervous, and like you said, the the, the Detroit Lions head coach just makes me nervous as well. So I think I'm I think I'm trying to pivot. I like that. I like how you said pivot. Hey, do you see? What they say? I, I get infatuated with names and stuff, and while you're talking, I start looking at all the different names. Do you see the right guard for these guys? Yeah. <laughs> How in the world? What is that name? <laughs> All right, let me try this one. Yeah. 
Halapula Vadi Vaitai. That's oh, JP. That is I, that is wonderful. If that is not his name, I do not know because that Halapula Fuda Vadi Vaitai. I come close. Halapula. Uh, yeah, you got Vaitai. Halapula Vadi Vaitai. I like it. Could yeah, I'll ask see, my wife if we can name our first child Halapudi Vaitai. <laughs> I was so fortunate in school. I mean, you guys hear me butchering names and everything. My name is, is Wesley Easley. I only had to learn like five letters and I had my whole name spelled. You know, I just had to, right. I had, uh, yeah, I mean, it was really easy. Yeah. Now, growing up in the sixth grade, you always got those northly southlies and stuff like you know. I always got those things, and that's what that's what made me a smart aleck. That's what that's why I had to fight uh, at some point just with my words. I was a pretty small guy. I was I was a lover, not a fighter. I was a lover, <laughs> not a fighter. All right, New England Patriots at the Buffalo Bills. I don't know if we're going to be able to see a bounce back opportunity for the New England Patriots at all in this game. I think this may be why Buffalo played so well in New York. They might have been looking forward to this New England Patriot game. Uh, whenever you think about the, the the division and all that that's going on here, uh, the Buffalo Bills want to win this division, and they're kind of expected to. New England Patriots cannot pass the ball. This is going to be a possible rain game, a possible sprinkling game. The winds are expected to be right around 30 miles per hour, JB. That's not going to help Cam Newton throw the ball at all. This might be a ground and pound game. And I think, I think I would give that edge to Buffalo this week. Yeah, absolutely. And and there's also been uh, more negative news for cam newton with julian edelman now being out he underwent surgery on some uh a knee procedure so he's gonna be out this week Nikhil harry i think is still in concussion protocol at the time of this recording so who's his healthy receivers demir bird and and uh what's the dude that was like a training camp darling that had like a long long last name he's a rookie but oh, yeah uh, exactly muhammad muhammad sanu oh stop it <laughs> but yeah i mean their wide receiver core is banged up cam newton looks like he can't throw the ball anymore i watched a little bit of that game last week and and he he looks really weird when he throws the ball he's hesitating to throw the ball so i don't think he has the same confidence that he played with when he was very successful so i, I think this passing game is just done i think that you're right it's gonna have to be a ground and pound game on both sides of the ball which Obviously, with a Bill Belichick backfield, you never know what you're going to get. But I do like Harris, and I did just grab him in a trade as like a secondary, you know, add-on to the package. And I want to hold him on my bench for a week or two to see if he could take control of this backfield because he does run the ball well, and I think he's there behind the, the behind between the tackles guy. And their offensive line is pretty good. So I think that he's the guy who would have a role in the, this offense, and he should have some good volume this week. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. There, all, all the. I, I would stick with if I could. I would stick with any of the running backs. Uh, I know that you said it doesn't matter about the wide receivers. It doesn't matter about the tight ends or anything anymore. Uh, I would. I would like the running back situation here in New England, especially this week, if I had an opportunity to play them. All right, over on the New England Patriots side, finally, John Brown. John Brown might be woke up. You know, he he he's, looks like he's healthy. He's not on the injury report anymore. I'm gonna have to see it to believe it. I don't he know was just waiting for you to drop him. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, fantasy football community. Uh, 
But I, you know that that means that you can stay away from all those tight ends. Uh, and and I, Stephon Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley. I don't know that we start, want to start any of those guys against the New England Patriot offense. But uh, what do you think about that? Well, the Patriots' defense doesn't look as scary as it has in the past. I mean, you look at how San Francisco just dismantled them. Um, I don't think they're as scary as they used to be, so I'm not really afraid of them as much anymore. I think that teams can move the ball against them. I think it'll be fun to watch the Stefan on Stefan matchup this week where you got <laughs> Gilmore against Diggs. I think they will shadow Diggs with Gilmore, so that'll be a fun one to watch. So you might see a little bit more Cole Beasley out of the slot. Um, curious to see what happens with the tight end group because they had that whole COVID situation last week. But I think where the money is going to be made is in the backfield, like you mentioned. I think they're going to be running the ball a lot. And I think Zach Moss is a guy who, if you had the patience to hold on to him through his injuries, he's going to be a guy who emerges and could be a real boost to your fantasy team in the second half of the season. Obviously, they don't love Singletary. They, they've shown that they don't love Singletary. That's why they drafted Moss. That's why even when Moss was injured, they were using guys that you haven't heard of in a couple of years. So I think Moss is going to be the guy who takes over that backfield. If you look at the snap shares that they had last week, it was fairly even. It's a split back backfield and and Singletary was outplayed by Moss so I think it's going to be Moss's backfield and he's a guy who I'm going to be putting in some of my DFS lineups this week yeah I don't blame you there I ended up picking Zach Moss up off the waiver wire somebody dropped him you know it's bi-week stuff and he was injured and all that stuff and I ended up finding him because I have Devin Singletary in a couple of those leagues and, and I was like "Ooh, Zach Moss I'm going to just handcuff this one and we're going to roll with it the rest of this year because one of these two are going to emerge out of here and I didn't necessarily trust Zach Moss's uh, health can, uh, issues, especially for a rookie, but we'll see what ends, up, what ends up happening there. So I think that we can stick with those guys as well. New England Patriot, I don't, I don't just, just the backfield. I'm, I'm sticking with the backfield. I think I'm staying away. I'm repelled by Josh Allen a little bit. Um, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't know. This is a weird game, JB. Yeah, it is. It is, and he's a guy who he's your top quarterback. You might not have a better option, so you might have to stick with him. But, it, yeah, it's a tough matchup for him. I think he'll do just enough to get you to where you need to be, but there might be better options. Your QB2 might have a better matchup this week, and you might have to play the matchups. Now, this next game, the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Cleveland Browns, looks like an offensive extravaganza, if you ask me, until I look at the weather and I see that there's 30-mile-per-hour winds, and I'm going, ooh, that's not good. You know, I mean, I just don't know. if Derek Carr, I don't trust him being able to throw the ball in the wind very much. I don't know where the ball would go if Baker Mayfield threw it. He had a great game last week. I still just think, okay, Baker Mayfield throwing in the wind against the wind to the side of the wind. I just don't know where that ball is going to end up going if Baker's back there throwing it. So to me, this really lines up for a Kareem Hunt game against that Las Vegas Raider defense. Absolutely. Kareem Hunt smash play this week. I think he's a top five, maybe even a top three running back this week. Uh, the, the Raiders are, are notoriously bad against the run, so it's a great spot for Hunt. Um, obviously, we know Odell is gone for the year now. They lost mm -hmm. Odell for the season. So you got guys like Hollywood Higgins and Donovan Peoples-Jones that are going to be playing significant roles in the offense alongside Jarvis Landry. And we know that they don't want to throw the ball a lot anyway. We've seen that all season. I mean, we saw Baker kind of explode last week, but that's not who they want to be. Uh, Darling was Harrison Bryant, the tight end. Right. He's a guy who I'm curious to see if he is going to keep that role 
or if he's going to relinquish it once they get healthy. But I think that he's a guy who, if you need to start a cheap tight end DFS, or if you're you're rolling with a, a rolling tight end thing, I think he could be a tight t- a top ten tight end this week. Say that ten times fast. No, thank you. Uh, <laughs> and John, I think John Frisella was onto something even at the beginning of the year whenever he talked about Jarvis Landry uh, on the John Frisella show here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. See how I've worked that in like four or five times, and that and that neat all the different shows that I've, um, I've I've gone to podcasting school, JB. <laughs> uh, um, no, uh, Jarvis Landry was one of those guys that he said was looking like he was hurt and he's never been hurt before. And I don't know that he's ever really gotten over that injury. And maybe that's why we're starting to see people like a Harrison Bryant, like a David Njoku and Austin Hooper is doubtful. I don't think he's going to play this week. That's just my gut feeling. But if he does come back and it, it may be the three tight ends and let's go, you know, because <laughs> yeah, especially the I don't game think with he will kind be of, back especially in a game with this kind of wind uh, going on there, you're going to have to keep the ball really close. And I, 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 I'm looking forward though. If the wind is at Derek Carr's back to seeing if he could out throw Henry Ruggs, the third, you know, it's going to be one of those situations where you just throw it really high in the air, let the wind carry it and see if Henry Ruggs can jump run underneath it. Cause I'm going to tell you that feller's fast, man. Yeah, he really is, and you can't run against his defense either. It's really hard to run against the Cleveland defense, yeah. so I think it's going to be another tough game for Jacobs. I think he'll do enough to be okay, but it's going to be a tough matchup for him, so Carr is going to have to throw the ball. Now, we know this offense just likes to use those middle guys. They like to use Waller. You know, they, they love to use Waller. Waller is probably the, the one of the highest targeted tight ends like ever. But I think you're right. I'd love to see Ruggs kind of take a couple of long ones this week. And I'm actually taking a shot on him in one of my leagues that I'm projected to lose and, and I'm playing a really strong team. So I'm starting Ruggs in one of my flex spots and hoping for the home run. I, I think, think Aguilar is not a guy who I'm sorry, but I just wanted to say that Aguilar is a guy who everybody's been like talking about picking up this week. I think they're going to be disappointed. Aguilar is Aguilar. You know, he's just kind of filling in until Brian Edwards gets acclimated. I I know Carr and him have kind of had a little bit of a connection there, but it's Aguilar. He'll have that chunk play every once in a while for you, but I think it's going to be rugs if you're going for anybody on the outside here. Well, and that's what I was going to say about Aguilar. We all know his name. And we all know that he's gotten hot. And that's one of the things the Cleveland Browns are going to try to take away. And that's why I do like that opposite play of Henry Ruggs III this week. I do like that. And, of course, we're going to stick with uh, Hunter Renfro and and Darren Waller. Yeah, and the Cleveland defense for sure. For sure. All right, JB, let me remind everybody that they are listening to the Fantasy Magnet Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I'm your host, Wes Easley. Follow me over on Twitter at Loafinit. Don't forget to follow the show, too, over on Twitter at FI Today with a little underscore. And you can just keep scrolling through there. If you're ever bored, you just start scrolling through all the different tweets uh, that I've retweeted from different people. And then while you're doing that, if you happen to be bored, go up to the bio and you can find all the different hosts here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. Make sure you follow each each and every one of them. You can throw their, your start sick questions at them, DFS questions at them, Vegas questions at them. We all specialize in many different assets and uh, facets, facets of the podcasting world. And don't forget to follow my man JB on Twitter as well with the contest. You're going to have to explain that contest again, JB, over at Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter. But before you explain that contest, let me remind the listeners how to subscribe to the show. 
They got to head over to Anchor FM and they can find whatever listening platform they like to listen to the show on. They can then you know, go over there to uh, Google Play or they can go over to iTunes from there. And then you subscribe. Then you leave a review. Then you like the show. Then you slap the stars. And don't forget to tell a friend. And that's the way you can win a Fantasy Magnet hat. Tell them about the contest, JB. Yes, sir. So retweet and share our content. Tag five friends in it. I'm going to keep a list of everybody who has shared our show and tagged five friends. We're going to take that list. We'll randomize it and select the winner. And you will get one of these sweet Fantasy Magnets podcast hats sent right to your door. So you could rock it like I'm wearing it right now. I'm telling you, Wes, I've been wearing this the whole show so far. And I feel like it's not even on my head. It's one of my most comfortable hats I think that I, I have in my closet. And I got a lot of hats in my closet. So not quite as many as Casey Kasem, but I have a lot of hats, and this is a very comfortable one, and I'm, I'm going to enjoy wearing this one. So let's let one of our listeners win this. Don't forget, share it, retweet it, however I'm posting it on Facebook and wherever. Share it and tag five friends in it. You'll be entered for a chance to win one of these sweet hats. Hey, And, and uh, JB, I'm just going to tell you, you sound fantasy smarter as well, okay? You sound fantasy <laughs> smarter. Pittsburgh Steelers. It's- at the Baltimore Ravens, this is the highly contested game again this week. Pittsburgh is just getting in these matchups left and right right now. Looks like a good football day, good football weather, no uh, weather affecting any of this stuff. This is, this happens again, though, with Baltimore. I, I just don't trust them in a game like this. They're going up against the only undefeated team in the NFL, and this seems to be one of those places where Baltimore lets me down. See, I don't know about that. I mean, a 6-0 and and a 5-1 and team, so this is going to be a great game. These two teams always play good games against each other, so this is definitely be one that's going to be on my screen at 1 o'clock this week. But I, I think that Baltimore can surprise coming off a bye. Obviously, we know Pittsburgh defense is a very good defense. I think that Baltimore's running game has obviously been a question mark, and even more so now with Mark Ingram's health in question. So we don't know if it's going to be Dobbins or your boy Gus the Bus that's going to step up and score. But against Pittsburgh's defense, who's great against the run, I'm not going to stick with any of those running backs. I'm going to turn my attention to the passing game and think that Lamar finally gets going with Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown. Coming off a bye, they've had to have a focus on that during the bye. How do we get this passing offense going again? And I think that's what their focus was, and I think that they start to get that going this week. Yeah, and I I can understand you feeling that way. I just I can't trust them until I see them. Being able to produce in a big game like this, I just I can't trust myself. I remember what Kansas City did to Baltimore earlier this year. I remember the playoff games, and those things are just going through my head. I, I'm I'm repelled against the entire Baltimore offense. I, hmm. it's just, I mean, I just I just don't want to trust anybody there. That's yeah, me. and I I understand you feeling that way. They haven't showed us that they could be trusted yet. I'm gonna stick with Lamar. Like I said, I just traded for him in a couple leagues because they have a really good schedule coming up after this game. But I'm going to stick with, obviously, you got to stick with Mark Andrews. And I'm going to stay sticking with Hollywood Brown. He, he he's, doesn't have the best matchup this week, but I think he'll he'll be okay. I think they're going to focus on getting him involved. I think Lamar needs to get him involved for this offense to click. So they're going to focus on that a little bit this week. So I'm going to stick with him for now. And I, I feel the same way, though, about Pittsburgh going against that Baltimore defense. I know that we got plenty of wide receivers to choose from in the, ball, in the Pittsburgh Steeler offensive scheme of things, but 
going to, uh, this is just going to be a defensive battle. I think that if I have other fantasy options, that's what I'm going to look for this week in this game. That's me. I'm, I'm repelled against this entire game from a fantasy perspective. I am very attracted to it from a football perspective. Absolutely. And those Pittsburgh wide receivers you saw last week, it kind of flip-flop. Everybody's been so hot on Chase Claypool. And I'm so glad that I said it. And I think I said it here on the show, too. That And yeah, you and I had this conversation because I said that Deontay Johnson's the guy. He's the guy who they've wanted to be the one. He is the one. Ben wants him to be the one. And you kind of said that you thought that Chase Claypool had taken over that role. Now, we don't know who's right or who's wrong yet. We know last week who was right, but we won't talk about that. But it might have been because the defense was focused on taking Claypool out of the game that Deontay was able to be successful. So I'm curious to watch this play out a couple weeks with all three of those receivers healthy. I still think they want Deontay to be the guy. So I'm very comfortable starting Deontay in all the leagues that I I have him in. And I've been very high on Deontay, so I'm going to stick with him. I'm not sticking with Claypool. I, I think that he can be a guy who can score a touchdown, who can make a couple of those big plays. He shows his big play ability. But I don't know that there's enough volume. And like you said, especially in a good match and a bad matchup against Baltimore this week, I'd be a little bit repelled for sure. Well, yeah, I didn't have a fantasy magnet hat to make me fantasy fantasy smarter last week. So (laughs) maybe that's why I was saying that about Claypool. I did think that I was wondering that very thing. And I think last week did show that I was wrong and you were right because he looked for Deontay Johnson every chance that he got. So I I definitely think that Deontay Johnson is the guy to own there in Pittsburgh. Now at this point next week, I will be saying the exact opposite. So. All right, from uh, the next game, the Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. Woo, Green Bay lit them up last week. This is going to be 20-mile-per-hour winds. Other than that, though, it looks like a pretty good game. Going to be cold. You're going to be able to see breath, breath out of of the people's mouth. 37, 38 degrees, Green Bay Packer weather for sure. Not necessarily Minnesota Viking weather, I don't think, this week. Uh, JB, uh, do you think that Green Bay can replicate what they did last week, especially if Aaron Jones is out again? Do you think it's going to be the Aaron Jones and Devontae, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams show? Yeah, I do. I think it's another smash week for Adams against this Minnesota secondary, who has proven that they're terrible also all year. So I think it's going to be another Rodgers and Adams week. I think Adams scores another couple of touchdowns this week. It's it's a smash week. He's my number one receiver this week for sure. Um, We don't know if Aaron Jones is going to play or not. Um, I almost kind of hope that they do let him rest another week and be completely healthy. A, because, you know, you want him to not come back and re-injure himself. But B, because Williams looks good, man. He really looks like he's he's changed himself. And I, I saw something today that he was, like, running up hills at 114 degrees with snakes during the offseason and, and watching YouTube videos on how cheetahs catch their prey to talk about, like, how he, he, he does his cuts. So... He, he shredded his body fat weight down from like 17 to 7%. So like the coaches have talked about how he's kind of changed himself this year for the better. And you started to see it last week because he looked really good. And, and I'd like to see that again this week. Well, you might be able to, especially if he's doing that in a contract year. I think it's a contract year for him as well as Aaron Jones. So that's a very interesting situation going on there. I uh, would agree with you that we can definitely stick to both of these guys. Next one up is Minnesota Vikings with Kirk Cousins. I'm, I'm, nope. 
Nope, I'm repelled against that. I don't know if I like Adam Thielen either or Justin Jefferson this week, but whenever I say that, they always come through in that second half as they're down by 30 points or something and they just start throwing the ball around. So, you know, I, I say that I'm repelled against them. I wish I could start others, but if, if I can't, I got to stick with them, right? Yeah, and obviously you're repelled by the team from just like Kirk Cousins and how they look aspect, but from a fantasy aspect, you kind of got to stick to them because, like you said, they're playing from behind and you get all these garbage time points from Cousins and the wide receivers. I, I think that Dalvin Cook was trending back to playing this week, so obviously he's a guy that you're sticking with there. But I think that I'm curious to see if they put Jair Alexander on Adam Thielen or if they might say, you know what, let's put him on Jefferson, negate Jefferson, and let's focus, you know, the middle of the field on Thielen. I'm curious to see how they play that because Jair Alexander is, is, I've said it, probably one of the best cornerbacks in the league now, young up-and-comer who's playing out of his mind. So I think that he's a guy who I don't want a receiver up against. So you got to stick with Thielen. you got to stick with Jefferson because they're the two guys in this offense. This isn't an offense where you have to worry about the slot guy taking targets or even really the tight end taking targets. Irv Smith was starting to establish himself before the bye, so he might take a couple targets. But it's Jefferson and Thielen there. So I'm sticking with those guys because of the volume that they get in this offense. And I think Dalvin Cook is going to be splitting a little bit of time with Madison uh, this week, uh, a little bit more, or maybe even a Mike Boone if they, if Alexander Madison didn't didn't impress the coaches too much. This is a do-or-die situation for Minnesota. They really need to win this game, and it's getting to be that situation where uh, they, they their backs are up against the wall. So I could see them coming out fighting real hard, but Green Bay, there's no way Green Bay is going to lose this game. And Kirk Cousins has got the highest – ceiling and the lowest floor of any quarterback that I know he can get you negative five points or he can get you 30 points it's just one of those situations where if I had other options I would definitely be exploring them from uh, this game for at least from a Minnesota standpoint well think about this Wes I got something for you if you think about this Vikings team right you see the weapons they have on the outside you know they re they just re-signed Dalvin Cook to a contract extension so you got a core of Cook, Thielen, and Jefferson Nobody loves Kirk Cousins, right? So this team is one in six, well, one in five, right? Obviously, the Jets are going to get the number one pick. They're going to tank for Trevor, even though they don't really have to try to tank for Trevor. I wonder if the Vikings might be saying, hmm, if we lose out, we got a shot at Justin Fields to pair with these guys. That might be something they can consider because then they're right back in it with the weapons that they have. They could be right back on top of this division next year. Yeah, they could, and I, I agree with you there. This is a sneaky fantasy play for me the next game. If it ends up playing, I think that there's some things going on. The Los Angeles Chargers versus the Denver Broncos in COVID situations anyway with the Los Angeles Chargers. I'm not going to say we need to concern ourselves with this uh, COVID situation right now, but it's just something to keep an eye on for all the listeners. Looks like a clear weather day in the Los Angeles Chargers, though, my friend, against those Denver Broncos. This could be a huge point getting day for both of these quarterbacks. I, I, they, they, I've i seen these teams get lit up left and right. I know we like the Los Angeles Charger defense, allegedly, but man, last week the Jaguars put points up against them. I don't know why Denver won't this week. Well, because Denver's offense has looked awful. Oh, <laughs> so, we don't, so we don't know if we could trust them, and that's probably why the point total on this game is at like 44, because they don't know. You know, we don't know if we can trust that offense or not. I mean, Locke has not looked locked in. See what I did there? Yeah. 
Tim Patrick is a guy on the outside who who was playing well, had a bad week last week, but this whole offense had a bad week last week. So yeah. you would hope that Locke can reestablish something with Patrick, with Noah Fant now that he's back kind of healthy. Your boy Albert O is playing a role and getting some targets. Uh, I don't love Judy. I'm not sticking with Judy. I'm still a little repelled by Judy right now until I see this offense clicking. The only guy I'm really sticking to in this offense this week, Wes, is going to be Melvin Gordon. And that's partially because he's going to have the full workload with Lindsey still dealing with the concussion. So I think it's going to be a Melvin Gordon week. And I think that's the only guy I could stick with on this offense. And that's another revenge game. And I think you're right. I, I, I have the Denver Broncos doing well in my head. And you know what I you know what I have it stuck in my brain? Whenever they beat the New England Patriots, which really right, isn't but that impressive anymore. When they beat the anymore. Patriots, their offense wasn't good either. No, they beat no, the Patriots I, on six field goals. <laughs> no, and that's what I was going to say. It, it really wasn't impressive to be able to beat the New England Patriots, and they only scored 18 points. Uh, and then they beat the Jets the week before that, and they, they scored 37 points, but that was against the Jets. So I, I do see what you're saying there, and I have that stuck in my head that they scored a whole bunch of points a couple of weeks ago, and that they beat the Patriots, and I'm like, hey, they're coming on, man. They're coming on. But then against Kansas City, they only scored 16. So maybe this is a get-right game for the Los Angeles Charger defense. The more I look into that a little bit more and think about it <laughs> i should have thought before i spoke but at least i <laughs> well, that's what we're something. here for wes that's what we're here for that's why we talk it out and that's why we talk to our listeners because they might have been thinking the same thing oh this is a team that blew out the jets but yeah you and me and Johnny Fro and Pee Wee, we could probably blow out the Jets. So, <laughs> hey, hey, yeah, that may be true. On the Los Angeles Chargers side of things, that looks like a they, everybody was getting a touchdown last week, except the people I expected to get a touchdown last week. You know, <laughs> all these names were scrolling across the bottom, and I was going, I've never heard of that guy before. I, I don't I, who who did he throw a touchdown to? It seems like Herbert is really an up and coming quarterback in this league. I doubt we can get him at this point on any of our fantasy rosters but man that guy is something special yeah he is he looks he looks like the real deal i mean he he i wonder what would have happened if the doctor didn't puncture tyrod's lung right like would would they have turned the reins over or, or would we still be waiting to see this this kid that looks like a superstar in the making i mean he's really looked well he throws the ball really well I saw it for the first time in that game they played against the Bucks. Obviously, he he really good at connecting on the long ball, and and Guyton seems to be his guy on those long balls. When we thought it would be like a Mike Williams, but he seems to keep connecting with Guyton there. Um, Keenan Allen out of the slot, he's showing that he has a good rapport with. So, I mean, I'm sticking with every aspect of this offense, even Hunter Henry, who kind of got gesickied last week, right? Like the, the other tight ends were catching touchdowns when it should have been Hunter Henry. So I'm sticking with Hunter Henry. I'm sticking with Keenan Allen. I'll even stick with Mike Williams because I think that, you know, a big bodied outside receiver is somebody who a guy like a rookie quarterback like Herbert will look to throw the ball to. So I'm sticking to all those options in the passing game. What do you think about this running game, though, Wes? This is one that I know I'm a little biased because, you know, I have a favorite in this backfield. So I want to see what you think about it. Yeah, I'm repelled against the situation. They really seem to have gone to a pass heavy offense anyway but I and I think that maybe they're confused about which running back they want <laughs> I think they're waiting for Austin Eckler to come back to be honest with you that's why they just keep <laughs> throwing the ball around plus who who's not infatuated with Herbert you know I even think the head coach uh, Anthony Lynn there is infatuated with Herbert but for me personally I I gotta say you gotta go with the you know Josh Joshua Kelly is that guy who seems to be 
who they want to hitch their hitch their wagon to. And it's just in, until jo- uh, Justin Jake- Jackson just continues to run away with it by looking a little bit better each and every week, I think that they're going to continue to give the ball to Joshua Kelly. Yeah, and I think so too. And Kelly did out-snap Jackson last week. Kelly played 45% of the snaps last week. So I think that when they're running the ball, it's going to be Kelly. So I think any game that they're in a favorable game script where they'll be running more, it's going to be Kelly. But if they're playing a, you know, Kansas City where they should be behind, then you might see a little bit more Justin Jackson as the pass catching role. So I agree. I'm sticking with Joshua Kelly here. I do, too. And and I'm not saying Justin Jackson is droppable, but he's getting close. All right. So let's look at the uh, New Orleans, uh, New Orleans Saints versus the Chicago Bears. Uh, just I don't I told you I told you that you didn't want to start any Chicago Bear last week. And to be honest with you, I'm saying the same thing again this week. Uh, I just don't think that we're going to be able to start many Bears at, at any time for a little while. I don't know why I'm thinking that way. I got a buddy up in Chicago who says, no, nah, man, the Bears are going to beat the Saints this week. And he thought they were going to lose last week, too. And I, I don't know, though. I can't see that happening, especially if Michael Thomas comes back, which he looks like he is, unless, of course, another injury ends up happening on a Saturday. Yeah, and I don't know if he's going to play or not. We do know that Emmanuel Sanders won't be playing because he's still on the COVID protocol, so he's not eligible to return yet. So if both of them are out, I think this game could be a really ugly game on both sides of the ball with very limited fantasy production because even the guys that you want to rely on, and obviously you got to stick with Alvin Kamara, and I think that you're going to stick with with Matt Murray if you have to in your lineup as a flex guy, but... Those pass catchers on the New Orleans side of the ball are not impressive. I mean, yeah, they looked good last week when they had to, but I mean, I don't know if I could trust Marquez Callaway to do what he did last week. I mean, he's a rookie. He's not really established much with Breeze outside of last week. Traquan Smith is just a guy. Jared Cook is the only guy who I would really stick with in that passing attack if Michael Thomas is out. But I think this is going to be an ugly game. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think it's going to be an ugly game from a fantasy perspective on both sides of the ball. And I'm going to tell you this. I, I, I think Michael Thomas should sit out again. The The Soldier Field is just just a terrible field. And I hate to see a guy like that get hurt, especially if he's already limping around, if, especially if he's already hobbled a little bit. I almost wish he would sit out again because I don't want to see him get uh, hurt hurt playing on Soldier Field. It's just a terrible field to play on. Allen Robinson right now, he's in concussion protocol. Doesn't look like he's trending towards playing. And and I can't help but think, man, he was disgruntled earlier in the year, right? Contract extension, right? Yep. Yep. And now the trade, trade deadline's coming up. And, and I didn't necessarily see him get a concussion on Monday night, but I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't watch that game Monday night. <laughs> I, it was my bears. It was my bears. I knew it. But I, I, I for my blood pressure, I, for my blood pressure, I knew I didn't need to watch that game. <laughs> so yeah, I, you knew the I, result before it started. I was repelled. I was repelled against that game. So anyway, I didn't necessarily see anything even come up though that he got a concussion. And you know they can show symptoms a couple of days later. But being on a short week, I could almost see Allen Robinson definitely sitting this one out a little bit. And if that happens, I don't. You can't play any Bears either, JB. I think we can move on from this game because I just don't see any fantasy relevance from the Chicago Bears standpoint. No, I agree. But Darnell Mooney is a guy who I stashed in a couple of oh, leagues yeah. because I think he's a guy who has 
gotten open. I, I shared, I think I put it on Twitter the other day. There was somebody who shared a clip of three different routes that Mooney ran that were awesome, crisp routes where he, he just burnt the cornerback that he was up against, was wide open on a deep ball, and Nick Foles threw the ball nowhere near him. So, I mean, I'd like to keep this guy on my bench in case either oh. Foles gets oh. it back or maybe they switch to back to Trubisky. Oh. But I'm going to hold on to Mooney because he's a guy who showed good route running ability, and if somebody can get him the ball, he might be a good play as a flex guy or a wide receiver three later. Okay, uh, somebody can get him the ball. That somebody is not on the Bears team right now, okay? <laughs> so there's no reason to hold Mooney on a redraft league. Maybe if you're in a dynasty league, I'll completely agree with you. But right now, there's nobody that can throw him the ball. The wind is going to be at a 20-mile-per-hour pace in Chicago this Sunday. It is going to be really weird to watch Drew Brees and Nick Foles throw the ball in a 20-mile-per-hour wind. You might as well tie a string to the back of that football and a kite tail as well and just whatever it gets thrown up there just watch it dangle in the breeze man just watch it float float around can you imagine nick Foles throwing the ball in a 20 mile per hour wind what happens when a 30 mile per hour gust comes in his face and he tries to throw the ball it could end up behind him <laughs> behind him it'll be like a lateral yeah he's 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 bad man your whole quarterback situation is bad i don't know how this team's five and two but if they're lucky enough to make the playoffs I hope to be the Buccaneers that they play against in the in the first round because that'll be a nice easy one. They, they got to put Mitch in there and just let him run around. Honestly, I mean that's their best. They're they're gonna and and our boy uh, Johnny Fro he he's the one who said that they got to make a change at some point. And I agree. I think that it'd be great if you had two different packages. You know, have the Nick Foles package. Fine. Have the Nick Foles package. Have the Mitch Trubisky package. Package. Let's let's switch it up a little bit. Let's just get crazy. Let's get crazy in the year 2020. You know, and let's uh, let the Bears continue on their trend. Of of being the worst five and two team. <laughs> How are they five and two? Ever. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers versus the Seattle Seahawks. This is a great football game. This is great football weather. No concerns as far as the weather goes. Man, JB, I, I, the San Francisco 49ers, if you think they're going left, then they're going right. If you try to cover on both edges, they're going straight up the middle. This is one of those crazy games, but the backfield is really hurting. Their 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 offensive talent, once again, is really hurting. I, I, I don't know that they can lean on Kittle for the entire game, but it sure looks like this would be a game where they really try and lean on Kittle or maybe even that rookie eye hook. Are you stuck to either one of those guys? I am, especially in this matchup against Seattle. And obviously losing Debo for a couple weeks is going to hurt their offense. But Ayuk is, is kind of like a Debo light. Like, they're pretty much the same type of player. So I think he's going to be very successful in this offense. And they run plays towards him, towards his strengths. So I think that Ayuk and Kittle are guys that you got to stick to in this matchup against Seattle's pretty poor pass defense. And I also think that Kendrick Bourne could be a sneaky bottom-of-the-barrel DFS play for you against this defense. He could be a guy who has shown in the past that he could play outside and play in the slot. So if he plays that Debo role in the slot, he could certainly get open for a nice target share and a touchdown this week. The backfield, that's tricky. Because I like it to be Jarek McKinnon, and a lot of us did last week too. And of course, he comes out after the game and goes, oh, well, we were planning on resting McKinnon this week. Well, it would have been nice for you to tell us that so that we didn't have him in our fantasy lineups for a negative point one point. So, I mean, Drop them. Drop them. Yeah. I dropped yeah. them. I dropped no, him. You didn't. I, oh no. yeah, I dropped him. I dropped Drake. I was hey, it was I, I'm in in that friend league. I am the number one team. I'm the highest scoring team, and I'm dropping McKinnon and Drake. <laughs> oh my <laughs> God, Wes. that might have been a little hasty on your part. I am a knee jerk reaction guy. 
That's what I am. That's what brings me championships or sends me to the flames, my friend. I agree yeah. with you in San Francisco, especially. Uh, I can't remember what I, my 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 uh, my tongue's all twisted now. The guy who uh, who, who you said the bottom of the barrel guy there. Yeah, yeah, that's the guy who I'm kind of eyeballing a little bit because that Seattle backfield, I say backfield, the defensive backs are just terrible. That everybody can score 100 points on Seattle. It seems like that is going to be a crazy, a crazy. Uh, <laughs> that is going to be a crazy playoff situation with Seattle. Whenever they run across those big teams, that was that those are going to be some fun games to watch. Whenever Seattle finally makes the playoffs. The backfield is all banged up for Seattle this week. Everybody. Yeah, and, I'll, everybody. and that's why I'll stick with Jimmy G this week, too, as a low-end quarterback, too, oh. or even a high-end quarterback, too, this week in this matchup. They're going to probably be playing from behind against a, a very strong offense, so he's going to have to throw the ball a lot. He's got playmakers on his team and, and a banged-up backfield. I mean, I, I tried to do a little play on words when I told you that dropping those guys was a little hasty because uh. Jermichael Hasty is one of those guys <laughs> who's going to be in that backfield for, Seattle, for San Fran. So I think Hasty and McKinnon will share the load in the backfield, and I think there's going to be plenty of volume on this offense playing from behind. So I'm going to stick with Jimmy this week, too, a little bit. I can't say that I blame you, and I, I don't know about that backfield. It looks like Carlos Hyde is going to be able to play, and Pete Carroll's always a little bit optimistic about his players' health, and I, th- I think he kind of tries to hide that a little bit, or he's just, I don't know, Pete Carroll's Pete Carroll, and so maybe he's really looking at the, the silver lining in all this, but both of those guys are a little bit banged up, and that DJ Dallas might be somebody to target in DFS too if both of them end up being injured. Right, because Travis Homer is also injured. So the top three backs are all banged up and all questionable this week. Even Carson, they were saying, is a game-time decision. But I really don't think he plays this week. Hyde is probably more likely to play, but he still might play. I don't think Homer plays. So I think you're right. I think that it's going to be a lot of DJ Dallas this week. And even if Hyde does play, DJ Dallas will still play a role in the passing game. Now, that being said... I don't think Seattle runs the ball very much this week with that banged up backfield. (laughs) So I think it's going to be let Russ cook week. I think Mr. Unlimited is going to be throwing multiple touchdowns this week. Now, is it going to be DK or is it going to be Lockett? That's the question because we saw last week they tried to take out DK and said, all right, fine, we'll shadow DK. You could have Tyler Lockett. And they sure had Tyler Lockett, 20 targets, 50 fantasy points in a PPR league. I mean, that's almost unheard of. You don't see that. So, I mean, Tyler Lockett won people weeks easily by himself last week. I think this weekend might also be another Tyler Lockett game because Jason Verrett's been used as a shadow on San Francisco, and he's returning to form from from his his heyday in, in Los Angeles or San Diego at that time. But I think they might use him to shadow DK. Now, I think DK will still have success, so I still think I have him as a top five, top ten wide receiver this week. But I think both of them eat this week. And I think Russ, DK, Lockett are all guys that you want to start and you want to get in there as much as possible. Because I think they're all going to have big weeks this week. I agree with you. Everybody's pushing the panic button for the Dallas Cowboys uh, offensive side of things. They think that you need to bail out on everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Well, kind of. I mean, you know, everybody's trying to drop Gallup and seeing what they could get for him, which you can't. You can't trade him at this point. It's better to drop him, in my opinion. Otherwise, you're just at least at least then you're making everybody else scramble to see what they're going to do, um, unless you can get something for him, which I don't know that you can get. I, th- I think you can find things off the waiver wire better than what people would give you for Gallup at this point. I, I tried to couple the Tua and the Cooper uh, together 
because I got Amari Cooper in one of the leagues, and mm-hmm. both of them Alabama guys. I, I, I got nothing. I got nothing in return for him. Not, Cooper's lost all of his value. Cooper's not what he once was. Co- and I'm sitting there thinking, Cooper's given me some of the most consistent fantasy numbers out of all these wide receivers that I have. He's consistently given me those 10 to 14. I think they're going to always try to keep uh, Cooper happy in that offense. Do not push that panic button on Amari Cooper yet, in my opinion. I, I am still sticking with Amari Cooper, and I don't care who the quarterback is. Well, look, you just got to downgrade this whole offense. I mean, if you think about what they went from Dak to Andy Dalton, they took a step down. Now you're going from Dak to Andy Dalton to Ben DiNucci this week because Dalton's still concussed. You're talking about a seventh-round draft pick out of James Madison. Like, I I don't know how much faith you can have in Ben DiNucci to get anybody a ball. So you just kind of got to downgrade all these guys. So Cooper, who was your wide receiver one, you know, top-round selection guy, he's now a wide receiver two. He's not droppable. He's not somebody you have to really panic, panic about. But call it what he is. He's not your wide receiver one. He's your wide receiver two. C.D. Lamb was becoming a wide receiver two. Okay, he's a flex guy now. Michael Gallup, who was a flex guy, is now almost droppable. I don't think he has a role in an offense with Ben DiNucci at the helm. And he showed that he didn't really have a role with Andy Dalton at the helm either. So even when Dalton comes back, I'm still afraid of Gallup, but I'm going to hold on to him because you're not going to get anything from him. And if you're churning your bench and, and picking up a, a you know a, a Nelson Aguilar for him, I wouldn't do that. I'd hold on to no. Gallup at that point. But just be wary when you're starting these guys this week with Ben DiNucci at quarterback. Don't expect Cooper to be a number one. Don't expect Lamb to be a number two. Just temper your expectations. They should be playing from behind in a game that I think they're going to lose. So they're going to have to throw the ball. So I think they'll be involved and they'll be volume. Just temper your expectations. And you got to start Ezekiel Elliott, too. I know he's had some downers, but he's getting a lot of targets, especially in PPR leagues. You can count on him for uh, good enough fantasy points. Uh, he might have been downgraded to a flex spot, though, as well. So that that's really Yeah, you know what? I kind of hope that he scores a couple touchdowns this week, and then you try to trade him and get some decent value for him. Because I think he's advice. pretty much given up on this season once his boy Dak went down. That's good advice right there. All the errors out of the sales there in Dallas for the Philadelphia Eagles. You gotta you gotta stick with Carson Wentz. I, I'm not sure about which receiver is playing this week. I, I don't know if they if they have a receiver, take a shot at him. If it's bye weeks, it, it, to me you gotta take a shot at one of those receivers. And I think that Sanders is going to be out again for them. Miles Sanders is so Boston Scott might be playable again this week. Yeah, but Jalen Ragor is also back. So to answer your wide receiver question, yes. they're finally going to have, I mean, minus D-Jax, but they're, they're going to have the complement of receivers that they, that they plan on going to battle with to try to take this awful division. So it's going to be Ragor on one side and Fulgham on the other side with Greg Ward in the slot right now. And I think that that's good enough to not only beat the Dallas team that's terrible, but good enough to possibly win this division with Carson Wentz. I mean... Think about what Carson Wentz has done with a beat-up offensive line, a beat-up receiving core, and he's still got this team in first place in their division. So i got to give a little credit to Wentz. I think that last week I, I said it on here that I was off Fulgham, and I was very public and verbal about being off of Fulgham last week. This is a week I'm all over Fulgham. I think in this matchup against Dallas, he's going to go off. He could be a top 10, top 15 receiver, I think, this week. So I'm going to definitely stick with Fulgham this week. I'd like to see what they do on the outside with Ragor. I'm going to give him a week to get settled. But he's a guy I like to pick up 
and I have picked up in a couple leagues. Hopefully you guys listening have as well. Keep him on your bench this week, but be ready to put him in your lineup to help you win in the second half. But yeah, you're right. With that backfield, I think Miles Sanders is going to be out again. So I don't know how much I trust Boston Scott because he's a pass catching back, right? We talk about this. So in a game that they're going to be playing from ahead, likely, how much passing volume is he going to get? He's not a great runner between the tackles. So yeah, he'll do okay. He'll do enough to be a viable flex play, but I wouldn't rely on him that much. Yeah, but he's, I mean, somebody's going to have to run the ball. So, and that's just what it's going to be. And I think that, uh, you know, it's it's, by default, it's Boston Scott. But yeah, we do hand out those little nuggets like that Jalen Rager off the IR and stuff like that. And don't forget, we we didn't mention for San Francisco 49ers, if Tevin Coleman's out there with their banged up backfield, he's one of those guys you could pick up and slide right into your IR spot too and not have to drop anybody off of your regular roster just to see what happens. Here's a savvy move if your league allows it. Drop your kicker, pick up Tevin Coleman, slide him right into your IR spot, pick up another kicker. You don't even have to drop another good player that people could pick up. Yep, yep, that's definitely a good one. Or defense, if you're thinking about streaming a defense, I think that's you can do that as well. All right, last game, uh, probably the least important game, right? Hey. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New York Giants. Outside of that Chicago Bear loss that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had, they really looked pretty good this year, JB. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very excited by what I've seen from this team, but we are banged up now, obviously. We lost Chris Godwin with a, a fracture in his finger, so he had a surgery that not a lot of people knew that he even injured himself. But last week, catching a touchdown pass, he fractured one of his fingers. So he did have a surgery to repair that. He's going to be out this week. They're, they're kind of talking about it like it's it's minimal time that he'll be missing. But yeah. he'll definitely be out a week, maybe two. Um, Mike Evans, obviously, has been playing through an ankle injury, a high ankle sprain. He's been toughing it out. He's a warrior. He, he plays injured very often. And Scotty Miller's also banged up. Now, here's the thing that I see. We talk about it every time we talk about the Giants. James Bradbury, right? playing lights out corner. He's shadowed Mike Evans several times when he used to be on the Carolina Panthers. He's always had success against Evans. Evans does not fare well against Bradbury. Even when Bradbury was young and and up and coming and, and he wasn't as good as he's been playing this year, he's shadowed Evans very well. So I think a banged up Evans being shadowed by Bradbury is going to be a tough matchup for him. Scotty Miller is going to have a good matchup on the other side. So he's a guy that I like to get in my lineup as a sneaky flex play. And my other sexy flexy this week, Wes, is rookie Tyler Johnson. I think he's going to be playing in that slot role occupied by Godwin now that Godwin's out this week. We know Tom Brady loves his slot receivers. I think Tyler Johnson in a deep league is a really sexy, flexy play to sneak in your lineup this week. Pick him up right now if you're listening to this on a Friday afternoon. Go check out your free agents and see if Tyler Johnson's there. If he is, he's a great play for your flex this week. Now, see, what I did, you texted me early this morning with that Mooney video that you had just to get me all fired up about the (laughs) Chicago Bears. And at the very beginning of this, I said that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers looked pretty good outside of the Chicago Bear loss. And I was trying to get you mad. I was trying to get you upset. I was trying to get your blood pressure going. I wanted to see if your voice would get a couple of octaves higher like mine does whenever I get excited. And you just went into your, oh, you know, the Bradbury's playing very well. (laughs) And it just hey, acted like I didn't say anything. Look, do I have to remind you that this is not the fourth 
down it, that this is you know the, the that we're not on third uh-huh, down right uh-huh, now we're uh-huh. come on <laughs> even a broken hey. clock's right twice a day Wes <laughs> hey Gronkowski too he's he's heating up and he's one of those guys who can really get a touchdown nowadays I think especially if Mike Evans is banged up a little bit and and, and Bradbury won't let him score that one yard touchdown like he's been known to do each and every week it seems like so Rob Gronkowski is that guy who I think is good for one touchdown touchdown again he might be one of those touchdown machines the rest of this year if Tom Brady doesn't have anybody else to look for unless of course Leonard Fournette ends up being that running back you know I Fournette ends up being that guy in my head that is a bruising back and he's never been really good at the goal line situations though um, from last year with the Jaguars or anything like that that's why that's why he never had any touchdowns last year (laughs) so well that's the thing People think of him as a bruising back, but he's really not. No. no he's not. He's a pass-catching back, and he's a very good pass-catching back. And I think that's the role he's going to play in this offense. I think Ronald Jones is going to still be the bruising back. He's run hard. He's run very well this year. He had a couple hundred-yard games, some touchdowns. So I think Ronald Jones is a guy who they're going to still look to be that early down back. And it's going to be Fournette that plays that third down and pass catching role. I mean, we saw last week Ronald Jones dropped the pass. Boom, he was out. Leonard Fournette came in. Next play, they ran the exact same play to Fournette. He caught the pass, positive yardage. So, I mean, they're they're going to look at that. And Brady wants that. He wants to rely on a pass catching back. Leonard Fournette outsnapped Ronald Jones last week. And what happens is when Leonard Fournette comes in on a third down, and I saw this a couple times watching the Bucks. Fournette comes in on a third down, right? They connect. They get the first down. They run up to the line of scrimmage and keep the same personnel group in. So now it's first down, which should be a Ronald Jones down, but Fournette's in the game already, so they just roll with that. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Fournette continue to outsnap Jones, but I think it's Jones who's the red zone guy, who's the ground and pound guy. So this has become a really muddy, tricky backfield. I know that the New York Giants, I, you say it's a muddy backfield. I agree with you. I think that it's just it, we're going to be able to see it work its way out. Um, in my head, I think of the Cleveland Browns and the Nick Chubb and the uh, Kareem Hunt situation where Kareem Hunt ends up being that guy that uh, Fournette is going to fill in that role. I'm not saying that you know they're exactly the same backs or anything, just in my brain, that's the way I think about it. And then Nick Chubb gets all that goal line work and everything, and that may be the Ronald Jones uh, goal line work carrying the ball and everything like that. That's what I, That's how I see this working out. Yeah, and you know what? I hope they have the same success that they do in Cleveland with those two. <laughs> hey, the New York Giants. All right, I, I don't I don't know that we can feel confident in playing anybody, especially against this Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense. This is definitely a, a game where you can start the Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense as well. I don't know what their price is on DFS, but it, it won't matter to me because the New York Giants can't get out of their own way right now, and they, they, they're just making life very difficult on themselves. I wish something would happen. They need a sports psychologist to come into that New York Giant locker room or something because they, they just seem to be really be, like I said, getting in their own way. Yeah, and they had some COVID concern today, too. Uh, Will Hernandez, the one of the offensive guards, tested positive for COVID. So they sent the whole offensive line home today. I, I don't know if it's going to be a situation like we had with Oakland last week, but Hernandez is definitely going to be out for an offensive line that's already struggling. 
who gets to face one of the best defenses in the league. So Daniel Jones is going to be running for his life, tripping over his feet again this week, I think. <laughs> Devonta Freeman is going to be out. I, I think he's a very long shot to play. I, I don't know if he's officially out or not, but I don't think he plays. And I don't trust this passing attack with the pressure on Daniel Jones. I don't think these wide receivers will have enough time to get open. And they're playing against two corners in Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean, who have been playing fantastic. The only guy I'm sticking with in this lineup, in this offense, is going to be Evan Ingram. And I'll tell you why. He's getting the volume. Besides the drop pass, everyone will remember the drop pass that could have sealed the game last week that he couldn't catch to to get that game sealed up. But I think he's getting the volume. And I think when he gets that matchup, when he splits out wide and gets the matchup against Sean Murphy Bunting, the slot corner for the Bucks, I think that's when Ingram will be able to take advantage of it. Sean is only six feet. Engram's a big dude. Engram's got like four or five inches on him. He's got Doesn't a big matter. weight advantage. So I think I think if Daniel Jones has any chance, it's going to be quick passes to Evan Engram when he's matched up against Murphy Bunting. So that's the only guy that I'm sticking with in that Giants offense. I don't think that, that matters. Evan Engram plays small. He might be a big guy, but he plays small. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he's just timid, man. He's timid, yeah. and 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 that's so that gives an advantage to a little guy who's not intimidated by somebody else's size. And if you're a quarterback in the NFL, you're not going to be intimidated by very many people in life, let alone Evan Ingram, who whenever you line up against him and you you realize, hey, I got this guy, and and so that's what's why I think. But I do see the ball bouncing eventually Evan Ingram's way. I would hope because there's been so many times that he's been so close. The thing I can't figure out, why in the world are they running running plays with Evan Ingram? Yeah, I, I don't get that. <laughs> what, I don't what? get that either. Yeah. I, and let me tell you, Devontae Freeman, yeah, he's going to be hurt this week because he's, he's a Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense against them. So he's going to be hurt this week. He's not going <laughs> to, even though it would, it would kind of be a homecoming. I think he played down there in Florida State. So that would kind of be a homecoming for him. But I just. <laughs> I wouldn't want to play against Tampa Bay either right now. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. And here's what I'll say just to, to wrap up Evan Ingram. He yes. played 50 snaps last week. He ran 32 routes out of the 50 snaps. So that's what I'm talking about with yep. the volume being there. I mean, he gets plenty. He runs plenty of routes. And after this matchup, so he's a guy that I'm looking to trade for if I don't have him on my team. And I have him on a lot of my teams. After this matchup, he has Washington, Philly, and Cincinnati, who are three of like the, the seven worst matchups yep. against the tight end. So he's a guy who I'd look to target. And, and I would try to do it now before this week because he'll have good volume this week. So you'll be able to get him on a good volume week and then three good matchup weeks. Fit fam, we need you. We need you to share this program. We need you to share the tweets. Uh, JB has given out the information on how you can win a hat. And you tag five of your friends, and you send it out to them. You send the tweet out to them. You send the picture of the hat out to them. And then JB will log all this information and keep it himself. And JB, I am so proud of you for coming up with this information or coming up with this contest. I am really happy you are you are our, our our contestant guy anyway that ends up being in game shows. So you're like you're now a game show host. <laughs> yeah man the fantasy magnets contest i love it it's got a good <laughs> ring to it and tell them again what they have to do exactly in case i stumbled it up so when we post this show retweet it or share it on whatever platform that you're watching it on share it tag five friends i'll keep track of who is sharing it and tagging five friends and out of that list we'll randomize a winner and one of you will wear this sweet fantasy magnets hat along with me so i will post a picture of the hat as soon as we finish recording so that you know what you could win.
And you can find that Twitter handle for JB at Fantasy Coach JB on Twitter. Or you can head over to at FI Today with a little underscore at the end. And his name is listed right there in the bio. His Twitter handle is listed right there in the bio, along with John Frisella's, along with Pee Wee's, along with Foster Fantasy Guy, who is my commissioner in many different leagues that I'm in with him. And also mine, at Loafinit. I'm on there as well. And you can follow me over on Twitter, and that show will be posted there, as well as many uh, people will retweet it many, many times. Uh, it's been happening all over the place. It gets a lot of different retweets and everything and a lot of different likes. So I've really appreciated that. Find the show there over on Anchor FM. Whatever listening platform you like to listen to the show on, you can just find it there. You can subscribe to it there, no matter what it is. And JB, this is this is ending terribly, JB. <laughs> you got it, Wes. Finish strong. No, the phone's going off over here. All right, uh, finish strong. Hey, and don't forget to head over to Anchor FM, whatever listening platform you like to listen to the show on. You can find it there. If it happens to be on the iTunes app, make sure you slap those stars around for us, leave a review, subscribe to the show, and share it with a friend. But more importantly than all those things, we always want to encourage you, Fit Fam, to find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. <laughs> <laughs>